episode 17. You know what I realized is every intro I say the exact same thing. I'm like, welcome back, college football fans. Well, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up and say, uh, welcome back, the Play Action Pod fans. And uh, hey. we're, yeah, yeah, you like that? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I'd mix it up for you guys, but we got a week nine preview slash viewer's guide, whatever you want to call it. Hot off the oven. Um, yeah, I think we're just going to jump right into it. I'm not going to say that this week is a doozy, but I mean, two weeks ago we had like six top 25 matchups. Last week we had five. This week we only have three. So, I mean, what the way I see it is it's kind of like potential for madness, you know? You know, the, the teams that are supposed to win, maybe they won't win, and then it's a, a substantial week, you know, for for the rankings, stuff like that. But um, I think we're just going to jump right into it, starting with the Big Ten. We got a big matchup. Number two, Ohio State, going at number 13, Penn State. This would be big noon kickoff. Um, yeah, Ohio State, they've won the last five, and nine of the last ten seem to get it done against these boys. But, yeah. I'm excited to see this matchup. This is one we've been anticipating all year, and it will determine, you know, how the Big Ten will play out for the rest of the season. What are you What are you thinking, Brock? It's gonna be a cold one. Really? Uh, it looks like it's gonna be 49 degrees, is what the. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing right here. Actually, 49, 49 degrees. degrees. That's gonna be a cold one. But uh, no, yeah, this is exciting. You know, this is this is the pinnacle of Big Ten football. You know, two uh, two of the top three teams going at it in a. Unfortunately, not a wideout scene, but yeah, we loud, got that last week in Minnesota. But definitely a loud Beaver Stadium, though. Yeah, like we talked fans, about those yeah, fans we, be ready. Yeah, exactly. We we talked about this earlier. Do you think Big Noon kickoff is kind of ruining some college football atmospheres? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not a morning game person. You know, I'm I'm yeah. I'm under the lights. You know, dark. Tons of a. Uh, Tons of fans yelling, yeah. screaming. You know that, that that's the environment for me. Uh-huh. You know, you, you put a game at eleven o'clock. I'm rolling out of bed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, gotta go watch a football. Yeah, game. especially people on the West Coast. I mean, this game's yeah. at nine o'clock in the morning. Half of you are rolling out of bed, probably half hungover, and it's halftime, and Ohio State's already up by thirty. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's like, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think for for East Coast f- folk, I guess they like it, but I don't know. I've never been a been a fan of morning kickoffs, but I guess. Somebody's got to play in the morning, so. Yeah, that's true. But so, I would, you know, I feel like this game would be so much better if it was a nighttime atmosphere, you know, Penn State and kind of what their fans bring. Even like a even like a one thirty kickoff, I think makes it better. You know, a not, bit ne- better. not necessarily night, but like more towards the midday. Yeah. Be about be about what three thirty in the yeah. East Coast, so that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. You know, take take this game and switch it with like Illinois and Nebraska. Yeah, because exactly. they're at, they're at one thirty this week. Well, three thirty Eastern this week. But yeah, I don't know. I think it'll still be a great game, though. You know, C.J. Stroud is it's just still playing his light, playing lights out. Yeah, I feel like we've talked a lot about Ohio State, but I feel like we also haven't talked a lot about Ohio State. It's because they haven't played anyone really. Yeah, I guess that's true. I think but, is this their first ranked matchup of the year? Well, they had Notre Dame, but uh. yeah, <laughs> we know I have one exactly. So first ranked matchup. So. I guess they were fifth at the time, but you know, yeah, they were. Yeah, they're Notre Dame is not who we thought they were, you know, based off the beginning of the season. But um, I think we mentioned this yesterday in our uh, in our recap. But Ohio State, they could drop this game and still be fine. 
You know, they would still be playoff contenders. Yep. You know, going into the Michigan game at, towards the end of the season and then compete for the Big Ten Championship, they would still be eligible to make to playoff. I'm just wondering who's going to be, like, slow down this offense. You know, the only team that's, like, slowed them down was Notre Dame week one, but I don't really take too much into that. Yeah, because week ever, one, you know. Then ever since then, you know, 45, 77, 52, 49, 49, 54, like – Who's going to slow down this offense? This we thought offense Iowa is, might, but they didn't. They didn't stop him either. At all. 54 points on a great Iowa defense. We saw Penn State, you know, really put a great effort against Michigan a couple weeks ago, you know. Yeah, it was a close game. Handed, what, 41 on their head <laughs> or something like that? So, and I think yeah. I think Ohio State's got a better offense than Michigan does. So, yeah, this is a... Uh, we might be seeing another 77. <laughs> 77 yeah. to 21, similar to the Ohio State Toledo score earlier this year. But, yeah, who's, who's going to slow down these, these guys? See, for Penn State, it's the same formula going into that Michigan game, except you're at home this week. You know, yeah. you, you, gotta, you have to run the ball, and you have to limit time of possession for this Ohio State offense. You know, For Ohio State, you want them to have minimum or maximum like six, maybe seven possessions because they're probably scoring on five or six of those possessions. Yeah, what was the stat? What was the red zone stat? Oh, they've scored on 100% of their red zone um, drives. So, so anytime they've gotten into the red zone, they've scored. So that's field goal and? Or, or touchdown. Or yeah. touchdown. So wow. if, if they get into that 20-yard that area, like they're scoring That's something. basically the end zone. 20-yard so, line is end zone. Yeah, so they gotta, <laughs> they got to really keep them out, and they really got to. I think this is more dependent on, you know, Sean Clifford and this offense. They really got to hold on to this ball, and – realistically like they got to milk the clock from the first quarter you Mm -hmm. know they got to have like eight eight nine minute drives you know six seven minute drives like they got to be long drives and they have to be able to keep that offense off the field for them to have a chance and limit the turnovers i mean if if they're going to turn the ball over two or three times like that's going to convert into you know ohio state touchdown or field goal you know it's going to convert to some buckeyes points essentially so i mean take care of the ball and then Maybe you don't lose by more than 21. <laughs> yeah, like, see, that's what's terrifying about this Ohio State team. If they have, if they genuinely have, like, six drives, I think they get 38 points out of that. Yeah. Like, that's terrifying, you know? So mm-hmm. On six drives. Like, that's, that's that's averaging, you know what, little under seven, seven yeah. a drive. Like, yeah. that's, it's crazy how efficient this, this Ohio State offense is, and that's gonna that's gonna be the game for Penn State because mm-hmm. I don't care how good your defense is I don't I don't see you guys stopping them more than than once or twice yeah. so and even then if you do stop them once or twice or force some turnovers like you have to convert on the other yeah. side like you have to go down and get get points my only concern for Ohio State would be you know this is their first road test yeah definitely year. and I mean it's tough to play there definitely but yeah. other than that you know I don't know they just they look unbeatable. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they perform outside of, you know, playing on the road. Yeah, and, like, I think you can definitely look at the schedule and say, you know, they have haven't played the strongest schedule so far, and that's great and all. But even against, you know, say those lesser teams, like, they're still dominating them. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they're making them games that aren't even close. Yeah. So it's like it's it's really worrying, you know, and I think we will learn – I think this is the week that if Ohio State dominates Penn State, I said it in the last episode, I think they, they take over that number one team in the country. Yeah. And I don't think they let it go until maybe Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. So 
Do you think this game is more difficult for Ohio State than Michigan being at home? For like that Michigan game in a couple weeks? Yeah. Um, maybe not. I, I think with, with Michigan, I think there's just that. That's a really hated rivalry. Like yeah. those two teams do not. Like I, I saw Ohio State posted their, their schedule for next year mm-hmm. today, like kind of all the games and when they're going to be. And uh, for Michigan, they just had T-U-N for that team up north or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, they didn't even put Michigan on their schedule. That's so, petty. That's, that's really petty. That's petty. I love so, it. I love it, though. Yeah. That's great. So, yeah, I think I think Ohio State, they want to win this game. They want to make a statement for sure. But I think definitely that Michigan game is going to be a little bit more circled. But yeah. I think for Penn State, what's crazy is your game plan is completely different from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like for Michigan, you're trying to stop the run. Yeah. Now you got to stop the pass, you know? A hundred percent. Like Ohio State will want to run the ball, but I think they're successful when C.J. Stroud has the ball in his hands, you know, making plays. So for Penn State, you're going to have to be really good in coverage and you're going to have to find ways to keep C.J. in the pocket and not let him, you know, beat you through the air and with his legs. Yeah, his stats are ridiculous. I mean, C.J. Stroud, 28 Unreal. touchdowns already on the on the season. But um, let's just jump into predictions. What do you, Who do you got? Man, Ohio State's starting to turn into a team like Alabama that you just don't bet against them. Yeah. And I think that's going to be – I think – I think if Penn State would have had a close loss to Michigan, I think my opinion would have been would have been changed. But what Michigan did to that Penn State defense was was crazy. Yeah, you know, and there was a lot of drives that Penn State actually slowed them up and made them kick field goals. I think we mentioned that there's like four drives that Penn State kicked field goals instead of scored touchdowns. Those those aren't going to be field goals for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Like those are going to be touchdowns. So this could be a, a a really really bad game for Penn State, but. I think the home crowd will play a factor, and I think, I think they will make it closer than it probably should be. But I still got Ohio State. I think winning by, by at least a couple scores, and I think this has potential to be a really high-scoring game. So I would bet the over on that sixty-two. Okay, for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, I got Ohio State as well. I think this game is going to be closer than people expect. The line opened up at fifteen and a half. I, I don't know. I just think it's going to be a little bit closer. Maybe like two touchdowns. So I got the I I got the. Um, I do not have the Buckeyes covering, but I think I think they get it done. You know, it's just their first road test. You know, so so yeah. we don't really know what to expect. And you know, looking down at their schedule, it's really their only road test of the year, yeah. which is yeah, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I I got the Buckeyes winning that, and I, I think that you know we might see an undefeated matchup at the end of the season between Ohio State and Michigan. I think that's a very realistic scenario. How great would that game be? That'd be insane. That game's going to be fantastic. Because that's for everything. Yeah, literally. It's who's in, basically. But, um, yeah, speaking of that, let's talk about um, the team up north. It's going to be number four, Michigan. They're going at Michigan State. But Michigan State, you know, they don't they don't look too hot this year, starting off three and four. But they got Michigan's number. They, uh, they've won six of the last nine, including two in a row against these Wolverines. So, I mean – Games at 5.30 on ABC, this mountain time. Rivalry game, you know, anything could happen. We've seen it done before. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's the maze out, I believe, for Michigan. Like that that blue, I don't know, maze blue, I it's guess. It's like the dark blue. It's like the dark blue, yeah. I hate that blue. But yeah, it's... I hate that blue, and I hate that yellow, color. too. I hate yeah. their colors. Like, honestly, yeah. no disrespect to Michigan. I know, you, I know you, the fans weren't the ones who picked the colors, but... 
if I had to wear those colors, man, I, I would not be a fan. Yeah. So I, yeah, I guess they're doing a, a maize blue out or something. I don't think I've ever seen that. Maybe they've done that before. I, I assume they have done that before, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever seen, seen a maze out. So pretty interesting. But yeah, Michigan State has definitely had their number. What is it? Like six out of the last nine Michigan State has yeah, won? Yeah, six of the last nine. That's pretty crazy. D- including two in a row. So yeah, I remember the game. I want to say it was like 20, 2016 or maybe twenty seventeen in the big house. Oh yeah, trouble with the snap. Oh yeah, yeah. And the ball is free. <laughs> I think Michigan State was like terrible that year too, and I think Michigan was really high ranked. If I no, I think they were both top ten teams. At oh, the were time. they? Yeah. Oh, okay. But Michigan was like I think fifth in the country or something. I'd say I remember Michigan was like everyone's like, oh, this is the year Michigan's yeah. gonna challenge Ohio State, and then that happened. So I don't know. Michigan State has very good memories in this in this football game. So they really do. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to kind of see how it goes. I would expect Michigan doesn't have any problems because they they run the ball, you know, probably better than anybody in the mm-hmm. country. And that offensive line is absolutely insane. And you know, if you look at Michigan State's numbers against the run, not looking so hot. Yeah, you know, about 154 yards a game, 153 yards a game. So. Michigan really should not have a problem with this game, but there's just something about rivalries, man. Yeah, just based it off the history. It changes and everything. 100%, yeah. Because you, you want to just lean towards Michigan and just be like, yeah, they're, they're going to get this done. But, you know, it's college football. Anything could happen. We've seen it done in the past. And, yeah, but, I mean, Michigan, they got that running back duo. It's Blake Corum, and then who's the other guy? It's Edwards. Edwards. I can't remember his first name. I mean, definitely the best running back duo in the country. Easily. Easily. Um, yeah, it's it's just a solid, you know, offense when you can just rely on the run and just be able to just run over teams. Like, I mean, number 10 Penn State when they played two weeks ago, yep. both these teams are coming off of buys. So, I mean, that's something to think about. But I mean, Penn State, they, they got throttled by, uh, <laughs> by Michigan. And then and Michigan State's coming off a, an overtime win against Wisconsin two weeks ago or double overtime win. So, I mean, both these teams kind of, you know, on the rise, Michigan State, not as much. I think they lost four before that in a row. But, yeah, yeah, a lot to think about. No, yeah, so I think for this one, I think I'm going to go Michigan. They're at home. They got that running game. Their offensive line is is ridiculous. It's, it's crazy how good they are. And I'm actually interested to kind of see how this game plays out because I think Michigan State will, you know, come out with that that little, like, rivalry kind of, like, energy, you know, before before a rivalry game. And I think it might make the game watchable for a quarter. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe yeah. about a quarter. And then I think, you know, Michigan will just kind of power on through them, business as usual, and uh, build up more anticipation to that matchup with Ohio State at the end of the season. I'm going Sparty Magic. This is this is I my love pick. that pick. I this do love my, that pick. Yeah, I absolutely love this pick. I think that they'll – just based off the history, I think they're going to find a way to, to win this game, and I think it'll be great. You know, Michigan always does this. You they know, do. They drop a game that they're supposed to win, and it's been clo- – they've ha- they played some close ones this year. I mean, the close one to Maryland. Iowa was – you know, it was it was iffy. And then Indiana, it, it was 31-10, to 10, but that game was a lot closer. Tied at halftime. Yeah, they were tied at halftime. That game was a lot closer than the final score shows. So, yeah, I like – I like the Spartans getting that upset win in the big house, you know, kind of similar to what they did back in uh, 2016, 2015, whenever it was. So that's my that's my hot take of the week. Maybe, maybe we'll have some more, you know. But um, last game for um, Big Ten 
is going to be number 17, Illinois, going at Nebraska. If Nebraska wins, then we have a three-way tie in the Big Ten West between, let's see, it would be Nebraska, Illinois. Purdue, right? And then Purdue, yes. Purdue. So, I mean, everything to play for for, uh, yeah. for Nebraska. You know, we there was obviously the coaching change at the beginning of the year, but, I mean, they haven't been too terrible. And they still got a chance to be able to make that Big Ten championship. So a lot to play for in this game. Yeah, I think it kind of shows how you know uncompetitive that that side yeah. of the the division is. Yeah. So you know, on the other side, we have two no loss teams, and then a one one loss team going for it. And then like what Nebraska is like three losses, four losses. Yeah. So three and four in the season. Yeah, pretty crazy. But you know, I think Illinois shouldn't really have any problems against Nebraska this weekend. Uh, I think I think they're a good football team. I don't think they're in that tier of competing with Penn State, Michigan, and yeah. Ohio State, but I think they are a good football team and I think I think they'll be able to get it done this weekend with ease against Nebraska. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to stick to Illinois on this one. I'm I'm done with the I got my one upset out of the way. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Illinois as well. All right, Big 12 time. Last week was a pretty big week for them. There was two ranked matchups. This week we only get one starting with number 9. Oklahoma State going at number 22, Kansas State. They're fighting for that second spot in the Big 12. Obviously, TCU at the top. They're undefeated. But, you know, Oak State definitely still in playoff contention with only one loss. You know, if they went out, win the Big 12, I think they're definitely in with the one-loss um, conference champion for sure. So a lot to play for. But uh, what are you seeing in this game? I'm trying to find out if... If Adrian Martinez is injured, because I know he got hurt in that TCU game. And if uh, he doesn't play this week, I think that, that greatly hurts Kansas State's chances. But, yeah, I think for Oklahoma State, you know, I think the TCU loss was tough. It was on the road. Um, kind of, you know, kind of whatever I think is what they're looking at it now. It's like we lost a close one on, in overtime on the road to a good TCU team. So I don't think they're really losing too much sleep over it. But... You know, another chance to to add a quality game onto onto their resume with Kansas State this week on the road. So, you know, I think they'll be up for it, and I think Spencer Sanders will, you know, kind of perform the way he's been doing. Yeah, he's been balling all year. We've we've had a lot of high praise for that quarterback. And same with Martinez. You know, I don't know what his injury is, but it might be his back because he's been carrying this. Uh, carrying the Kansas he's State. He's been carrying uh, the Wildcats all season. But I would hope to see him back because I think that would make this game a lot closer than if he was if he was out. So it sounds like he didn't practice on Monday, and his <clears throat> status for Saturday's game is up in the air. Uh, we don't know if he'll be available, but they will make an announcement on Thursday. On Thursday, so tomorrow. So, so tomorrow we will know if he's going to play, and I think that's that's huge for for Kansas State. I think you know it's always tough playing with a backup, but especially when you know Adrian Martinez is your heart and soul on offense. You know, I think. I think it, you know, kind of speaks to the fact of what I was kind of saying last week about Deuce Vaughn and how, you know, he's got to step up a little bit to mm -hmm. to kind of help out this offense and and I think if you know Martinez is out, then he's he's really going to have to take a step up or else yeah. you know this could be a, this could get really bad for Kansas yeah. State really quick. Yeah, they dropped to five and three. Did they start off undefeated? No, they didn't start off undefeated, but they had that one loss to Tulane, Tulane, the yep. big win against Oklahoma on the road, and then Texas Tech. Iowa State, and then last week lost to TCU. But for Oklahoma State, you know, last week they impressed me, beating Texas 
I, yeah. We both picked Texas to win that game, and we expected Quinn Ewers to, you know, take care of business against these Cowboys. But, you know, Cowboys showing the country that, you know, they can hang with the big dogs for sure. No, yeah, and, you know, for for Kansas State, they went up big last week against, you know, TCU. They are up 28-10 to 10 at one point. And then Martinez went out, and they didn't score a single point the rest of the way. That's so tough. I think that kind of shows, you know, or actually maybe maybe not – Looks like their backup had a couple touchdowns. So, you know, he I, he he proved that he can kind of get him to to that spot to win the game. But I think it's going to take a full effort this week from Kansas State. They are at home, which yeah. is a benefit. You know, I think it's good to to play at home in a in a matchup like this. But I think they're going to have to they're going to have to step up their game a little bit if they want to you know beat this Cowboys team. Mm-hmm. All right, prediction. I don't think Adrian Martinez, from what I'm reading, I don't think he's going to play. It sounds like, you know, he didn't practice on Monday. Even if he does, you know, he's not going to be at 100%. Exactly. So I think with that, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State, just kind of the safer option. You know, we know what we're going to do with Spencer Sanders. And I think he's probably even more motivated than he was. It's interesting that the line is Kansas one and a half, Kansas State one and a half. Huh. So I think Vegas thinks he's going to play. But from, from what I'm reading, it doesn't sound like he's going to. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But I like Spencer Sanders this week. I think he's even more motivated than he was after the loss to TCU. And I think that win against Texas is is a bigger win than than people are going to give give him credit for. Give him credit, yeah. Because I think Texas is actually a really good football team. I just think, you know, they really forced Quinn into, into mistakes. And I think that's what, you know, cost Texas in the end. So I'm going to go Oklahoma State to win on the road. And basically, just set up that that final with uh, TCU in the Big Ten uh-huh. or Big Twelve championship game. Yeah, if they get this win, they're definitely right back in it for sure, and everything to play for. You know, playoffs still in hindsight. What was that stat you had? It was uh, Oklahoma State is the least penalized team in the nation. Least penalized team in the nation. So that's they, interesting. They do not let the referee impact the game. Yeah, hundred percent. Which is which is crazy. Which is great. Yeah, it's probably because they're not going to the SEC. Yeah, it's yeah. A, <laughs> the Big 12 refs are like, all right, we need to pick a new team to to favor. Yeah, we got to respect like these guys because they're sticking with us, you know. Yeah. Texas and Oklahoma, you know, those guys are leaving. We're going to penalize them, you know, a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Oak State, I mean, they won the last three in this matchup. I think they make it four this week. If Martinez plays, you know, I think it will be a closer game. But, like I said earlier, you know, you probably won't be at 100%. And, regardless, I think Spencer Sanders and this Oklahoma squad – is the better team. So, yeah, I, I got the Cowboys winning that one. Um, TCU, they go at West Virginia. TCU, they're seventh in the country going to uh, the Wolverine. It's Wolverines, right? Mountaineers. Mountaineers. Oh, wow, Mountaineers, that's terrible. Yeah. That's not even close. But, um, yeah, I mean, Mountaineers, three and four, one and three in conference. TCU undefeated. You know, is this just business as you as usual for the Horn Frogs and Max Duggan? You'd think so, but you know West Virginia's won four straight in this uh, in this matchup. So, that, yeah, I saw that. That's interesting. Yeah, they've definitely had TCU's number the past couple of years. So, does that kind of and we've seen we've seen Morgantown be a tricky place to go and play. You know, we've seen a couple teams kind of struggle as they've head up have they as they've headed up there in, in the past years. So, I don't think West Virginia will pull off an upset, but. I think it's on the table for sure. If, you know, maybe TCU comes out a little bit slow, then I don't know, maybe maybe West Virginia gets them on a on a day like that. Yeah, I mean, you think of 
West Virginia, who is not even at 500, and the the spread's only at seven and a half. You know. Yeah. So there's definitely. I mean, Vegas is respecting this team, and maybe a little bit has to do with the history of this matchup. But you know, I was looking at this JT Daniels for West Virginia. How many Jay Daniels are, are quarterbacks oh, in this league? Yeah. We got like Jaden Daniels at Kansas, Jaden Daniels at uh, LSU, yep. and then JT Daniels at uh, West Virginia. It's yep. crazy. That's that's so weird. I was looking at. It, I was I was like, is that a typo? But no. Um. Yeah, I think business is. I think it'll be business as usual for uh you know TCU and uh, Andy Dalton here. I'm, excuse me, Ma- Max, Max Duggan. Max yeah, Dougie. sorry. Max yeah, Dougie. I get those guys mixed up. They they seem pretty similar similar in play styles. And uh, yeah, I think TCU will, will take care of business against West Virginia. Yeah, I think TCU will as well. I think you know this is the season for them to finally you know make that jump to to the college football playoff, and I think they're ready for it. But, you know, I think it's the trickier games for them are going to be, you know, against teams like West Virginia. It's the teams that they should beat. They should beat with ease. Yeah. Going on the road. I think that they're going to be tricky for TCU the rest of the way, especially with, you know, a team like West Virginia, they're not really playing for much. So, mm-hmm. you know, all they're playing for is to to ruin someone's season. 100%. So, you know, that they got that opportunity this weekend. And if TCU is not ready for them, I think, I think West Virginia could, could cause some noise. So Yay. I'm still going to go TCU. I think they should have enough to get it done, but. I think this is a definitely one to watch for sure. Yeah, just based off the history of the matchup, but you cannot, they can't overlook teams like this because, you definitely. know, they got everything to play for. Almost have to play perfect because, you know, if they drop a game to a West Virginia team who's three and four, you know, the, the committee's going to look at that and be like, all right, are we going to let them in if they're a one loss conference champion? So, I mean, you, you can't be dropping games like this. Definitely one to look for this weekend. And then the last Big 12 game, it's going to be that Baylor at Texas. Tech history of the matchup. Baylor has won the last eight out of eleven. Both teams four and three and two and two in conference. But um, games in, at Texas Tech on ESP, ESPN two at five thirty. What are you seeing here? Man, Baylor's been disappointing this year. I had them win in the Big Twelve. Yeah, the say, I thought they were going to compete for it. You know, at least be up there with Oklahoma State, maybe get that rematch. But they just haven't seen the. The same after that BYU loss, you know, his double OT loss. Yeah, they've just been, you know, really disappointing. And speaking of t- of a team, you know, losing in Morgantown, you know, that was Baylor last week, you yeah. know, losing a close one. So, but yeah, for Texas Tech this week, I think, you know, they technically, I guess both these teams are just trying to trying to get bull eligibility, probably out of the Big Ten, Big Twelve race. Yeah, probably out of it. But I think they're just trying to get bull eligibility, you know, try to. Get a nice bowl for their for their school, but I think I don't know. I think Baylor finally gets one back. You know, I think I think they've you know been struggling the last couple of weeks, but I think this is the week that they finally you know put it together for a full game and get a win on the road against Texas Tech, which has been a tough place to play for a couple of teams. So yeah, I think the line's got Texas Tech three or two and a half. Yeah. So this is this is a coin flip game in my opinion, but I agree. I, I like Blake Shapen and uh, the Baylor Bears getting it done against Texas Tech. All right, starting off hot with a SEC game this weekend is going to be number 19, Kentucky, going at number three, Tennessee. Um, This is the fifth-ranked matchup for Tennessee this year, and they, they're not even number one in a strength of schedule. I think it's Alabama at number one. So that's of crazy. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> it's even biased in an algorithm-based I think it's algorithm-based for the strength of schedule ranking, but 
the fact that Bama's number one and you know Tennessee, this is our fifth ranked matchup, is is just beyond me. But anyways, we get a great quarterback battle: Will Levis and Hendon Hooker. You think Hendon Hooker is the best player in college football right now? Um, no, because I'm still leaning Will Anderson. Because I'm a okay. big, I'm a big Will Anderson fan. Um, I think he has a case with C.J. Stroud. I think C.J.'s numbers look better, but I still think Hendon's balling, and I think he's a huge reason why Tennessee is um, where they are right now. Yeah. I mean, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, they, they have one ranked matchup. It was against Notre Dame, who's not even ranked anymore. True, yeah. So, I mean, the the way that, you know, Hooker's been able to perform against, you know, these really good teams – even Bama, you, you say Will Anderson's the best player in the country. Tennessee put up 52 points on that defense. Yeah, yeah. They, so, were, I mean, they were nice. They were good. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, he's definitely up there, though. I think, you know, I think Hendon has been, you know, doing his thing kind of throughout the season. And then I, I expect it to kind of continue this week against, I wouldn't say a bad Kentucky team, but maybe a Kentucky team that kind of, they're good enough to beat most teams, but when it comes to the higher higher end teams, you know, maybe yeah. not good enough to beat them. I thought so. that they were like top ten teams in the country, and then there was that, you know, that loss against Ole Miss where they were kind of kicking themselves. You know, they should have won that game. They lost by three, and then the following week, I mean, they lose to a pretty bad South Carolina team at home. So, I mean, the bounce back against Mississippi State last week was pretty good. We got battle battle of the wills. Or I guess that was two weeks ago. They're coming off a bye this week. But for Tennessee, you know, it's do not overlook these Wildcats because, I mean, they have the anticipated game against Georgia next Friday, which interesting interesting fact about that is the game's, the game's on Friday night, which is really weird to me. I saw that. I was like, what? You know, Friday night? But um, the line opened up at Georgia at 13 and a half. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, a lot of respect for Georgia at home, I guess. You know, so a lot of disrespect for Tennessee. Yeah, who's been dominant all year. That too, I think. I think maybe if if uh, Tennessee takes care of business this week against Kentucky, and kind of makes it nice and uh, nice and easy for them, maybe that line kind of tightens a little bit. Maybe. But um, yeah, I think that's very interesting that yeah that they have them that high, and I don't know, maybe. We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about That's that. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. In a we'll week. talk for for Tennessee. It's don't overlook this game against Kentucky, and that's literally what we're doing. We're just overlooking Kentucky and just talking about Georgia next week. I'd say I do want to say I think Will Levis is very capable of of pulling an upset. You know, yeah. I I, th- I think I saw something today that he compared himself to Josh Allen. He compared himself to Josh Allen. I think yeah. He I think just he, came out and just said that. He's like, yeah, I'm Josh Allen. I think he said that. He's like, I, I got a lot of Josh Allen in me or something like that. I'd have to find the exact quote, but I was like, okay, okay, I, I love that energy, you know. Yeah, bold tough. as bold as heck. So pretty tough. Yeah, it's tough. I like so, that. I don't know, betting on himself, and I think you know, I generally do think Will Levis has has the talent to take over a game like this. Yeah. So it's funny how you see kind of how it works for him. Yeah, I like Will Levis. I think that's funny how he's just like, yeah, I'm Josh Allen. You know, I play golf like Tiger Woods, so. I'm basically LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I was actually going to tell you that. You know, you kind of look like him. Yeah, as well. But I, I, I would court. say, you know, my golf game, I would compare it to Tiger Woods. So, actually, uh, speaking of it, did you see Tennessee's jerseys this weekend? Oh, the blackout. The blackout. Or oh, dark mode. Yeah, the, dark mode. The, 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 
The black jerseys with the orange. Oh, man. Oh, dude, it's nice. They're hard. They're so sick. Just based off that, I got them winning and covering that 12 and a half spread. Just based off those jerseys. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. They're crazy. Yeah. Well, third home game in a row. Obviously, the crazy scene against Bama two weeks ago. And then they got it done 65 to 24 last week against uh, UT Martin, the Skyhawks. So, I mean, they've been rolling 7 and 0 to start. Um, they've won this matchup. Uh, three of the last four, and with the one loss coming in Knoxville. Um, but, yeah, th- this should be a great quarterback battle, something to look out for this weekend. Do you think it's just business as u- as usual for uh, the Volunteers? No, I guess so, yeah. So back to the Will Levis comment real quick. It sounds like he was asked on the NFL quarterback he studies the most, and he said, Josh Allen, I think his game is pretty similar to mine. So, okay. Okay. So that's he, a lot better. Yeah. So he he didn't necessarily call himself Josh <laughs> yeah. Allen, but he said he's he kind of resembles Josh Allen. Okay. Which I'm is, glad you looked at yeah, that because we kind of just like bashed on him. Yeah. And say so like, oh, thinks he's Josh Allen, but exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I love Will Levis's confidence, but I also love Tennessee at Neyland Stadium because yeah. those fans are rocking and and they really they really get going. And I I don't think they'll overlook this game for Georgia because I think they realize how important this game is oh, in yeah. itself. You know, I think this game carries a very big importance. And, you know, for Kentucky, they've really taken care of everybody except kind of like the big games. You know, they lost mm-hmm. to Ole Miss, and then they lost to, to Mississippi State. So for Kentucky, I think, you know, Will Levis has to ball, and I think they have to they have to be able to keep up with this high-powered, you know, Tennessee offense, one of the one of the best-scoring offenses in the in the FBS. I think they're second yeah. to Ohio State. So. So they're gonna to have to keep up with them. They're gonna to have to score, but you know I like Tennessee at home. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see you know how they look like on the road in a week. But yeah. at home, I like Tennessee to win this game. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're gonna overlook this game because they can drop a game and still be in playoff contention. You know everything's Definitely. on the line if they win the SEC with one loss. I think they'll be fine. But if you drop one to Kentucky this week, then the it just you know the chance of them making it. Is going to be a lot harder because then you got to beat Georgia and then you got to beat someone, you know, on Alabama's side, whether that be in Bama, Ole Miss, or uh, or LSU. You know, you never know. So I, I I agree. I got Tennessee winning this one as well. You know, between the dark mode jerseys and being at home in that atmosphere, I think it'd be too much for Kentucky. Um, they weren't able to get it done on the road against Ole Miss. I don't expect them to to do it at Tennessee, who's a much better football team than Ole Miss, in my opinion. Second game is going to be Florida at number one, Georgia. Neutral site game. It's in Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville. So lots of Gator fans, yeah. I'm assuming. I think it's like a, it's like an hour drive from, for a, from Gainesville for Gainesville. to Jacksonville. But Georgia fans, so, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. So, so I expect to see a lot, of, a lot of red, a lot of black in that, in that stadium. So it's Jacksonville. What, what stadium is that? The Jags stadium. That's oh, the Jags. Okay. I want to say, yeah. Yeah, I should have known that, but... Um, Georgia's 22-and-a-half-point favorite, um, Stetson Bennett. He's only thrown seven touchdowns on the year. Did you know that? Stetson? Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Why is that? He just has to be He just has to be a game manager, you know? Yeah. He's got so much talent around him. Yeah, that's and true. I, I think we were talking earlier about Stetson, you know, maybe needing some Heisman love, but... It's just impossible with... Yeah, just kind of the way that... How their offense works, you know. When Stroud is 4Xing you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, passing touchdowns but he does have more than his quarterback competitor this week anthony richardson only has six throwing touchdowns but i know ar15 he's got those rushing touchdowns 
Do you got Georgia on upset alert this weekend? I think they they very well could be because from what I'm being told is this is a rivalry game. You know, this is like a historic game that they've played. There's actually a fun fact. They played at Gainesville last year, which was like the first time they've played in Gainesville in a while. Because this, this game is always slated for Jacksonville. That's kind of like... Oh, yeah? It's part of the, the rivalry or whatever, okay. I think. so. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, so last year they played at Gainesville, I assume, because of like COVID or something like that. But, um, you know, they've this game is usually always at Jacksonville. So there's going to be a lot of Gator fans. I, I assume there'll be a lot of Georgia fans that make the, you know, the weekend trip down to Florida. So, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. And I think some of the stats that I pulled that kind of really stick out to me was... You know, Georgia only has seven sacks on the season. You know, for a team that we've we've talked up so well about their defense, you know, to only have seven sacks on the season in seven games, that kind of worries me, especially with, you know, a quarterback like AR-15 mm-hmm. who likes to get out of the pocket, likes to create, you know, on the run. Is the inability to, you know, get sacks on him, is that going to, you know, cause problems for this yeah. Georgia defense? Or are they going to be – you know, so fundamentally sound in the secondary that it, it won't matter. So I think that's something something to keep an eye out. If if they can't keep AR in the pocket and contain him, I think it could be a long afternoon for Georgia for sure. But the sack stat doesn't really reflect, you know, how the defense has been performing all year. They're only allowing like nine points a game. I know. That's what makes it weird too because I also looked up their tackles for loss and, you know, they're towards the bottom of the FBS two in tackles for loss. So it's like... It's just no one's getting in the end zone. And say, like, how are, are they just like stopping them like through the run game and then Must just be. kind of incomplete passes or good? Co- I don't know. Yeah. There's something, something's ha- happening with that defense that mm-hmm. they're not getting pressure on the quarterback and, you know, creating negative plays, but they're, they're still successful as a yeah. unit. So, and uh, AR 15, he doesn't get, he doesn't get sacked very often. What yeah. was that? It was like fifth in the country for a fifth in the country. I think it's only like five sacks on, on the season. That's so, crazy. So, yeah, he, he really creates a lot. For himself, and I think the offensive line kind of knows what they have to do to, you know, you know, keep him off the ground. So. Do you think that's more credit to Florida's offensive line, or you know, Anthony Richardson's ability to, to scramble and his, I mean, his stature? He's bigger than Cam Newton, you know, hard to tackle. I think it's more credit to the offensive line or Anthony Richardson in that case. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it kind of, I think AR really helps himself, you know, getting out um, out of the pocket and kind of you know, create and for himself. But I think it also, I think the offensive line does a really good job of when he stays in the pocket, kind of, kind of keeping him upright and keeping yeah. him off the ground. So I think this is a really interesting game, you know, with, with everything being said, it's probably not going to be close now. You know, Georgia yeah, will probably yeah. throttle him, but I think, you know, if, if they can't create negative plays on Anthony Richardson, because I think, I think what really gets him in trouble as a QB right now is he gets put into those third and longs. And that's when he really has to, you know, throw the ball, force and it, kind of, you know, create that way. Mm-hmm. But if he's sitting in like third and fives, you know, third and five or less, I think I think Florida could be a problem for Georgia this week. But I still am going to go Georgia. I think. Oh dang it! I think their defense is good enough to kind of keep them out of the end zone, which is what they've done all season. Yeah. And I just don't think AR is good enough to get in the end zone. But I think it does present a matchup problem for Georgia. And I'm really interested to watch how that, you know, D-line and those linebackers, you know, how they how they kind of play AR this weekend. Yeah, I think AR is great, but he's not, you know, consistent. We saw a great game against Utah. We saw a monster game against Tennessee, like 500-plus total yards. But other than that, you know, only 1,300 yards on the season through the air. I don't think he is that capable 
with his arm. So when he gets put in those kind of compromised situations like you were talking, you know, third and long, and, you know, he's forced to throw it deep, that's where they get in trouble. That's where that seven interceptions have popped up for him all season. So I'm going to go with Georgia, but I think this is going to be a lot closer than 22.5 points. Um, I think AR will have a big game similar to the game he had against Tennessee, you know, where they fell short. But, yeah, yeah, I like Georgia. I think I think that their defense is great, regardless of that sack stat. For some reason, it doesn't reflect, you know, how they've been playing all year on the defensive end. But I think it'll be closer than, you know, some people might expect it to be. Um, let's see, last game is going to be number 15, Ole Miss, going at Texas A&M. Kind of a weird one, you know, both teams. I mean, Ole Miss has been great all year. They dropped the game last week. And then Texas A&M, you know, three and four with all that talent and uh, money at that school. You know, they haven't been performing to what we expected. Definitely not Desmond Howard because I know he had him in his playoff predictions at the beginning of the season. But a bit of a quarterback, you know, situation. I don't know who's starting for them on that Texas A&M side. If it's Max Johnson, Haynes King, um, you think Ole Miss will bounce back and be able to take care of business against these Aggies. I saw a rumor this this week that that a lot of A and M players are are heading for the portal, so Ooh. I think that's interesting. You know, it sounds like a couple of them are are stepping away from practice and and they're gonna you know enter the portal and kind of see where they land. So very interesting situation happening in um, in College Station. So I just think there's so much noise away from the football field that the team's focus isn't necessarily on football. You know, I think, yeah. you know, they got NIL deals and stuff. That's kind of distracting them from, you know, what they're at the university to do, you know, play football and mm-hmm. play it at a high level. So I think there's just something, you know, going going on outside of of just playing football for Texas A&M, and that's why they've struggled. So it's interesting to kind of see the downfall of Texas A&M, especially as I think they put together another, you know, really good recruiting class this year too. In, in 2023. So as for this game, I think Jackson Dart is going to want a revenge game. I don't think he played fantastic last week at LSU. And I think they're going to, they're going to get it done pretty easily. Uh, I think Texas A&M just has too many problems that they got to work out. And so with that being said, I think I got, I got a uh, Ole Miss. Yeah. I got Ole Miss. on the road. I got Ole Miss as well. And I hope that, you know, this trend of, you know, NIL deals, stuff like that. I hope that, this isn't the direction that college football is heading, you know, because Texas A&M, they got a lot of talent, you know, it's 2022 number one recruiting class, correct? Yes. Yes. So do you think Jimbo's on the hot seat or do you think it's just tough to get all these guys together? You know, obviously there's the NIL deal, money situation, all of that, yada, yada. I just don't want that to be, you know, the direction that college football is heading towards. No, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how how A and M views it because if if I had a coach that just put together, you know, a top ten or a, the the best class in the nation last season, I, I just have a hard time firing him, you know, because yeah, he literally put together the the best class in the nation, and right now his class is sitting at seventeen, but they only have twelve commits, where a lot of teams in front of him have twenty plus, so he's putting together, you know another special special recruiting class 
you know, he's got, you know, the ninth best player in the nation, the 17th best player in the nation, the 42nd best player in the nation. He's got three top 50 players already coming to the program next year. So I don't know. I don't know what's up with Texas A&M. I, I wonder if the kids are actually kind of like, and like, again, I, I don't, I don't hate the approach to, to go into a school because they're going to guarantee you a lot of money. You know, you gotta, you gotta take care of your family. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. By the same point, like if they're pumping in all this money to the program and they're not seeing results on the field, at what point do you, do you look at the coach and say, you know, something's not right here. Like mm-hmm. we gotta, we gotta move on. And maybe that is something that they do at the end of the season, but. But those sponsors are frustrated. I would be frustrated. Spending all that money to see your team not even, you know, three and four. Yeah, not even competing for anything. For the SEC division, at least, you know. At they're not least, even in the you know, now they're that. fighting for bowl eligibility, and you yeah. got all these guys who are just like, I'm out. Yeah. So. And who knows how that affects, you know, their future with recruits coming in and yeah. seeing that trend of guys transferring. It's like, I don't want to go there. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen in, in A&M. But as far as this week, you know, I think Ole Miss will get it done. And then I think A&M's got a real problem. Yeah, I agree. I got Ole Miss as well. All right, we kind of been dogging on the ACC all year, you know, calling them soft. You still feel that way? 100%. You still fast asleep? I, I, I've, woke, I've woken up. I'm a little bit, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like, I'm not in like full slumber. I'm like aware. I'm aware okay. of my surroundings. So this now. is like no melatonin. It used to be like melatonin in the system. This is Fast like asleep. you got Z's over your head. This is like I'm rolling back and forth trying to get comfortable again. You know? Okay. I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like awake, but like I'm like rolling back and forth to find like the sweet spot so I can fall back asleep. You know what I mean? And what's that sweet spot? It's probably Clemson going undefeated. The sweet spot for now is Notre Dame this weekend. Oh yeah, that, that's my first sweet spot. That's the marquee but... game for the ACC. Is going to be Notre Dame going at number sixteen Syracuse, and Syracuse coming. Off that loss against uh, Clemson, played a close one, probably should have won it on the road. And uh, Notre Dame, they've been hot. I mean, they won the last four out of five. Yeah, correct. Yeah, four out of five. So, I mean, they've been rolling. The loss to uh, Stanford was very questionable. But, yikes. Um, yeah, very. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> but, I mean, they've looked better than, you know, how things started for them at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you know, they've definitely. Definitely looked better. I don't know, don't know how uh, you could look worse. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. So you know, I don't know. First year head coach. Maybe it takes a little bit to kind of get going as a team. You know, unfortunately, in college football, you know, you you can't take time to get going. Like you have to be going from the start. So, but what I'm looking at is that two and a half point spread for uh, Syracuse. Yeah, that's interesting. So you I mean, know. Vegas is. They're seeing a little spark in in this fighting Irish. Yeah, so I don't know. I like I like what Notre Dame has going. You know, I think I think Michael Meyer is a is a fantastic tight end. Um, I think he just broke the the Notre Dame record for receptions in a career receptions. I want to say maybe maybe touchdowns too. But you know, he's been balling. I think Drew Pine is is comfortable now. You know, playing playing for this Notre Dame team and you know maybe they maybe they got some momentum you know rolling in for the rest of the rest of the season they beat North Carolina on the road that's an impressive win that's probably their best one of the year you yeah. know we thought it might have been BYU but I mean Liberty did the same thing so that's not looking as impressive as it did at the time when BYU was number 16 in the country but North Carolina and they beat them pretty good you know by 13 on yeah. the road 
Yeah, this Notre Dame team's weird, you know. Yeah, they're weird. The loss to Marshall is is head scratching. The loss to Stanford, same way. Lost to Ohio State, I completely understand. You know, Ohio State's a great football team. Stanford at home too. Yes, yeah, oh, man. Man, that is rough. Yeah, they're weird. It's a weird team, but yeah, the fact that they're only picked to lose by two and a half to a Syracuse team who's who's looked great. You know, they should have they should be undefeated right now, seven and zero with a with a win against a top five team under their belt as well. So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, the line opening up at that. No, yeah. So, you know, I think, I think they're kind of looking at this Notre Dame team, kind of putting it together and starting to starting to play like a like a functional football team again, which is great. And maybe that's kind of why they're they're so high on on Notre Dame this week. I think I think for Syracuse, I think you're very disappointed because you forced four turnovers and still lost. You yeah. know, and now that's, they're you know out of playoff contention right now it just looks like they're fighting for a you know a good bowl game yeah so and i think there's everything still to play for when it comes to to maybe getting like a new year's six for for the orange but you know i think i think the the mood in in syracuse is down a little bit because you know that's a tough loss to take the clemson team because i think they outplayed them for at least three quarters maybe even into the fourth quarter as well Mm mm-hmm so the fact that they didn't pull that one out, you know, is, is is rough, and I'm interested to see if you know maybe some of that disappointment carries over into Notre Dame this week. Yeah. So who do you got? I think I am gonna go Notre Dame, dude. Me too. Cause let's go. Cause I've been talking so much heat on Syracuse. Yeah, you really have. You call them you call them Charmin soft. Charmin ultra soft. Yeah. Charmin ultra soft. And I think their defense is nasty. I think their defense is really good. I think they have a matchup problem this week though with uh with Meyer. Because, you know, he's like, he's like what, 6'5 tight end that yeah. that runs, you know, basically a 4'4", four, four, you know, maybe 4'5", 40. 40 so yeah. I think that's a matchup problem for him. I'm interested to see how they, they slow down the run for Notre Dame and try to try to make him one-dimensional. So I think that's the test for them. And, and I think for Garrett Schrader and these, these Orange, I think they have to, you know, do a lot of what they did in the first half against Clemson because I think they're, they're really efficient and really good on offense. And they got to, you know, do that for four quarters. Yeah. You know, so I think that's the challenge this week. But I, I still like Notre Dame. I think they'll go on the road and kind of get a marquee win to kind of, you know, hopefully get that push into, you know, bowl season for them. Yeah, I think it's just going to be tough for Syracuse to, you know, bounce back after a game that they should have won. I think that they're probably very discouraged. And uh, I think Notre Dame, they've, they've looked good these last five games. So for that reason, I got I got the Irish Winning that one, we got two other games for the ACC. The next one's going to be number 10, Wake Forest, going at Louisville. We love we love Wake Forest for some reason. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's a Sam Hartman thing. It's a Sam Hartman thing, dude. Yeah. We, got, we got a crush on him. Bro. Huge Low crush. Key. Yeah, huge crush. Um, so what, what are you seeing here? I'm seeing another uh, close spread. Three I'm and a half. Seeing, for I'm seeing Forest. Sam Hartman just going crazy this, <laughs> this game. <laughs> You know, I think this is going to be, I was going to say it was going to be a quarterback battle, but I think it's just going to be <laughs> Sam Hartman going absolutely bonkers. Well, Cunningham, I mean, he's, he's, got, he's dual threat. Yeah, he's got nine rushing touchdowns, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think this is, I think this is Sam Hartman just absolute domination through the air. You know, I think, I think he has a big, big game, and I think he just propels this Wake Forest team to, uh, 
to a win on the road. So I, I like Wake Forest in this one. That's so weird. They're only picked by three and a half. Like, I wonder, you know, what Vegas is seeing because I, I see a Wake Forest taking care of his. They've been doing it these last three weeks. I mean, they probably should have beat Clemson. Um, I, I mean, similar to uh, Syracuse last week, probably should have beat Clemson, lost in overtime. They've just killed teams since then. Beat Florida State by 10, two's pretty good in my opinion. Army Boston College by 30 plus. I, I, I like the Demon Deacons, you know, taking care of business against Louisville this weekend. Yeah, maybe Vegas just kind of looking at, you know, road games. And, you know, I think road games have been a little bit tighter for the Dinks. So I don't think, I don't think it really matter though. I think, I think Wake Forest will, will win comfortably in this one. Yeah, I agree. hundred uh, percent. Last one for the ACC is going to be Pitt at number 21, North Carolina. Pitt has won the last two after losing six straight in this matchup. Yeah. You know, North Carolina has really, has really dominated this one for the majority of, of, uh, you know, kind of the series between them, but, I think Drake May is playing fantastic for these for these Tar Heels. You know, twenty seven total touchdowns, only three interceptions. Pretty crazy, you yep. know, stuff that he's doing for mm-hmm. North Carolina. So, I think I'm going to go North Carolina. They're at home. I think Drake May will have an absolute game against these Pitt Panthers, and I think Keaton Slovis has been pretty disappointing. Yeah, you really know, has. this season. But that running back's been going crazy. So yeah, that running back. I'm looking at his stats right now. It's nuts. Yeah. So you want yeah. to try to pronounce that? Aben Kanda. You forgot the I though. Aben Abani Abani Kanda. Abani Kanda. Abani Kanda. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that's a sick like that. name. Yeah, dude's been balling. Um, North Carolina. I mean, they still got everything to play for. They they obviously have that disappointing loss against Notre Dame earlier this year. We mentioned that earlier when we were covering Notre Dame. But you know, if they're a one-loss conference champion at the end of the year, you could definitely make. You know the case that maybe they should be in that fourth spot in the playoffs. So I like the Tar Heels winning this one against Pitt. Last conference, Pac-12 time. Um, bit of a doozy um, for the Pac-12. We got a top 10 matchup last week. But, uh, you know, the marquee game of the week is going to be number 14, Utah going at Washington State. That'll be a Thursday night game, 8 o'clock on Fox Sports. One, Utah only picked by seven. And uh, it's the battle of the Cams at quarterback. We got Cam Rising, and we got Cam Ward. Who's the better Cam? Without any bias. <laughs> oh, without any bias? <laughs> no, like I actually think it is Cam Rising. You know, I think I think Cam Rising is like top four in quarterback rating in the nation. So, you know, I think I think Cam is. I think Cam Ward's talented. Don't get me wrong, but I think Cam Rising is is a certified dog for sure. Yeah. So. And it's going to be different for Utah this week because obviously their star running back, Tavion Thomas, is, is out. So he will not be making the trip to Pullman. So Ugh. I think you're going to see Utah rely on Cam rising a little bit more than usual. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him throw the ball maybe you know, 30, 35 times this week. Yeah, and run a lot. And run too, That's yeah. That's we saw USC. Um, are they both coming up? Yeah, they're both coming off of uh, a bye. Bye, yep. And uh, the Utes, I mean, they've seemed to uh, struggle in Pullman recently. I know that you you talked about how, or we talked about before we started recording, about how we haven't played, or Utah hasn't played there since when? 2018? 2018. 2018. So 2019 was at home 
in Salt Lake City. 2020 was supposed to be in Pullman, but it got moved because of COVID to Salt Lake City. And then obviously last year was in Salt Lake as well. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game. You know, I've I heard uh, Coach Whittingham talk about kind of the road to Pullman and how it's how it's a little bit different of a trip because you don't actually fly into Pullman because Pullman's a small college town. So you actually fly about 30 minutes away and then you have to make the drive into Pullman for the game because you don't even stay in Pullman either. So you stay in a hotel outside of Pullman. So he, he was oh, talking wow. about how it's a different, it's a different, you know, kind of place to play, you yeah. know, because usually like you're flying into the town that you play in, staying there. And then it's like a, you know, short, like what, five minute, maybe 10 minute drive to the stadium. But so it's a little bit different heading up to Pullman and I'm seeing 46 for the weather. And that just terrifies me because it's going to be, it's going to be a cold game. It's probably going to be snowing up there, you know, just yeah. knowing our luck. Yeah. So, you know, this can be an interesting game. You know, Cam Ward, I think has taken a lot of people by surprise. And I think, I think Washington state's a lot better football team than their four and three record shows, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think their losses are what Oregon. So it's Oregon, Oregon state. That was three point loss. And then in a game, they should have won too. In a game that they were up a ton yeah, they going into won, the fourth. For sure. Then at USC, I mean, they're great. And then at Oregon State, who just plays really well in Corvallis. Yeah, so I think they just run into a really tough, you know, kind of part of their schedule for sure. So, you know, I think I think it's fair to say that they, they are definitely better than that 4-3 and three record. And I think uh, their new coach has really kind of gotten Wazoo into a very, you know, favorable, competitive, you know, kind of spot. So think about how different the Pac-12 would be if they were able to, you know, pull off that win against Oregon. Yeah, if they beat Oregon, you know, maybe, you know, with a little bit of momentum going into USC, maybe that game's a little bit closer, or maybe they get the win on the road against Oregon State. You know, but then you there know. would be four lo- four one loss teams oh, yeah. at the top of the pack. Yeah, that's true, too. It would be a lot different. And then, I mean, Washington State would only be a two-loss pack. Or, no, they wouldn't. My bad. <laughs> they have three losses in the pack. They, oh, yeah, they'd, yeah, they'd only be, a, yeah, they'd they'd be, be two, two and two loss. in the pack. Okay, yeah. yeah. My bad. Um, so, I mean, huge that game was a lot more important than, you know, we thought it was back, what was that, four, four or five, week, five weeks ago. Yeah, and I, and I had this game circled, you know, towards the, the front of the – towards the start of the season because, you know, just playing in a short week – it's not necessarily a short week because you had a bye going into it, but a short week, you know, in Pullman on the road. Pullman's just a weird place to play. It's just a tough place to play. It seems like every time, you know, teams head up there, there's always something – something weird happens, you know, it's just a weird place to play. So, you know, I think this is going to be a really tough game, game for the Utes, and I think they're going to have to, they're going to have to be ready to kind of show up and play, play their best football for this one. Okay, so who are you going to pick? I'm nervous about this. Part of me, I don't know. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the optimist and say that Wazoo does get it done on the road or at home. Because I think a Thursday night game on the road, you know, it's, it's a weird place to play. A lot of weird things happen, you know, starting running backs out. I think maybe Wazoo will be up for this game. I know I saw that they're, they're making a real initiative to have the game sold out and have a ton of people in the seats. I think maybe Wazoo can get a marquee win and kind of really push their season forward. So with that, I'm going to go Wazoo at home to, to upset the Utes. Ooh. Okay, I'm gonna go the Utes. I got I got Utah getting it done. I mean, 
they've looked good other than uh, the, the game two weeks ago against UCLA. They've looked unbeatable. You know, they do struggle on the road, two road losses. So I think it'll be a different dynamic than um, what we saw against USC two weeks ago. But um, I think that Cam Rising will, you know, take over the game and, and get the win for the Utes. And um, with that being said, we got number eight, Oregon, going at Cal for the next game. Um, I think Bo Nix is at the Heisman level. I think he should be. You know, I think he's been, besides, you know, Georgia, obviously, I think he's been absolutely balling and playing, you know, his best football for these Ducks. So I think when you talk, you know, Heisman race, I think I think Bo Nix needs to, needs to be in that conversation. I think he really does, you know. And I know I've been really hard on him saying, you know, if he throws more than 25, 30 times, you know, he's going to struggle. And I still kind of believe that. I think, you know, you need to be balanced with Bo. You need to have a good running game to complement, you know, his passing game. So, you know, I think this is a interesting matchup for Oregon because I know Cal has actually given them problems in recent years. I want to say last year Cal was driving and had the ball in like the 10 and then, you know, threw an oh, incomplete yeah. pass to, to That's right. barely lose that. the game, 24-17. So, so Cal has been difficult for Oregon in the past, so I wonder if, if they'll present a similar kind of challenge this week. Yeah, but I, I got Oregon. I yeah. got Oregon. I'd say I also got Oregon. Yeah, the Ducks have been rolling ever since week one. They look like a whole different football team, you know, fighting for a, a playoff spot. I mean, if they're one loss um, conference champion, I think that they're definitely in everything to play for. So I got, I got the Ducks winning that one. And what's crazy about Cal is I think Cal was actually rolling too, you know. They were 2-0 and going into Notre Dame in a game that they should have won. You know, they had the unfortunate offsides penalty called on them. That wasn't offsides, and it really changed the game in South Bend. But then, um, you know, they beat Arizona the week, week after that. They could have been 4-0 going into Wazoo. You know, maybe something happens there. They should have beat Colorado. So they you know, that, <laughs> that should be another game they should have won. But Yeah, that one just hurts. Yeah, but after that, you know, the season's kind of, you know, falling apart. It doesn't get any easier. You know, you got Oregon, and then you got USC the week after. So, And then UCLA is still on that schedule as well. So. You know, for they're Cal, just fighting to ruin some seasons. Yeah, they're just trying to ruin some seasons, maybe sneak into to bull eligibility, but they're going to have to upset somebody to get yeah. that or 100%. to make that happen. Yeah, I got Oregon. They've been they've been rolling ever since week one. So, yeah, I got the Ducks winning that one. Last Pac-12 game, number 10 USC going at Arizona. I actually feel bad for Arizona in this one because I think – Coming off the loss, USC. I think Caleb Williams is going to be very motivated – to play this weekend, you saw know? a lot of saw a lot of emotion from him, you know, after their loss to Utah. Utah, yeah. So, you know, I think I think he's going to be ready to uh, kind of show what USC is about again. You know, I think the nation's a little down on USC after their loss to Utah, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Caleb Williams have an out of this world kind of game. You know, maybe like 350, 400 yards, six touchdowns, something like that. Because I know this Arizona defense is susceptible to to giving up points and you know their offense is, is pretty good in itself as well you know i think they are the fifth passing offense in the nation i want to say so you know they score a lot but they also give up a lot you know they've given up you know 39 to mississippi state you know 49 to cal you know 49 to oregon 49 to washington so i would expect usc to keep that trend and i think usc probably puts probably about 49 yeah, fifty on 50 them plus. too. So, 
And for Arizona, it doesn't get easier after that because then you just got Utah on the road next week and then UCLA after that. So Ooh, yeah, that's pretty tough. gross schedule. And then Wazoo, Wazoo's in there too. So that's a brutal, that's a brutal stretch. They, their last five games have been – or their, their five-game stretch will be Oregon at home, Washington on the road, USC at home, at Utah, yeah. and then UCLA. That's – that's a brutal stretch yeah. for them right there. Yeah, I think U- USC is going to be very motivated after uh, their loss um, two weeks ago to Utah. Coming off the bye, lots of time to prepare. I, th- I just think that they destroy Arizona on the road. And, uh, yeah, I think that's gonna, that'll wrap things up for the Pac-12 and for the episode. Actually, pull up top 25 rankings right now. We're going to do a playoff, updated playoff prediction right now. Impromptu, no notes. And uh, I'll, I'll start us. I'll start us off. Okay, I think, I think Tennessee will win the SEC. So I got Tennessee at one, and then I got Ohio State. I think they're gonna win the Big Twelve. So maybe Ohio State one, Tennessee two. I got TCU three, and then I got USC four. Give us five and six too. Five and six. So who, the two teams that barely miss out. Probably. And why? Probably runner up. For the SEC, which I think it will be Bama. I think that Tennessee will beat them twice this year. So I got Bama at five, you know, finishing the season with two losses. And then I think Clemson at six. I think that they will make it to uh, ACC championship, but I, I feel like they lose to North Carolina. So let me repeat that. Ohio State one, Tennessee two, um, TCU undefeated, Big 12 champs at three. And then I got USC winning out, and uh, Pac-12 making a presence at four. Then I got Bama at five, runner-up, two-loss team. So I, I guess maybe Clemson, five, because they'd be a one-loss, and then Bama at six. So I, I think that, hey, we, we got to write these down because I want to compare it to you know the actual result. That's interesting. Well, I think we should do probably when we see the first rankings. We'll kind of do Okay, those. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but so, fire it off anyway. Yeah, this will be our this will be our updated one because we haven't done this in in a, in a couple weeks. Yeah. So I am going to go. Colorado oh, one. Man, <laughs> man. I agree. I'm going to go Ohio State one. I think they're 13 and 0, win the Big 12, and I think they do it comfortably too. Yeah. Against Michigan, so I'm going to go Ohio State one. I'm going to go. Mm, man, sorry to put you on the spot. Like I'm gonna go Alabama to... too. Oh, dude, get I off think, that train! I think man. Nick Saban's just—he just finds ways to do it. And if he finishes 12 and one with a loss on the road to Tennessee and a win over Tennessee in the SEC championship game, I think he just gets back in. So I'm gonna go Alabama two. So Ohio State one, Alabama two. I like the TCU at three pick, undefeated. But I'm gonna go Clemson at three. Cause I just I don't yeah. see anybody beating them. Not even North Carolina. Come on. I just I just don't see it. It's right. with, even right. with how bad Clemson is. So so prepare for Alabama to put absolutely sixty on Clemson, and then at four I am going to go TCU. Oh TCU. I, okay. I think TCU does run the table. So I think I think SEC, they actually yeah. I think they do lose a game, but I don't think it will matter because I think really they will, I think well, they will have the resume because they'll have two wins over Oklahoma State, a win over Kansas State, who I think will be ranked. And um, I think Texas will be ranked too. So I think that'll be a good win for them as well. So I think they'll just have the resume. That's interesting because then it would be 
you know, it would come down to who's in TCU one loss or Michigan one loss. And you think they'd pick TCU? I think they'd be. I think they'd pick a twelve and one conference champion TCU. And then I think on the outside at five would be Michigan, probably. Michigan, yeah. Where did I? I didn't have Michigan in there. Yeah, you didn't have Michigan in there. I think oh, five okay. would be Michigan. I think six would be Georgia. Georgia. Or no, Tennessee, because I think Tennessee runs the table. So I think Tennessee. So not even a no Pac-12 in the top six. You think they just beat up on each other? I think I think some craziness. I think Oregon loses to like Wazoo or something. I think Washington gets Oregon. I think Oregon gets Utah. And I think UCLA beats USC to set up an Oregon-UCLA rematch. And I think Oregon does it again. So Oregon wins it. Oregon wins Pac-12 at like... Rose Bowl, probably a 7 in the country. That'd be cool because then we'd probably get Oregon-Michigan in uh, Rose Bowl. That'd be a good game. So, I mean, these are... It's hard to speculate. <laughs> Only uh, eight weeks into the season, but we'll, we'll we'll do this again next week when the when, when the, the real rankings, rankings when the real rankings come out. I'm excited for that. I've yeah, been, I've been looking forward to that for uh, let's see about nine weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just excited to see you know the top six come out and you know TCU's at 17 and Alabama's at one and Clemson's at two and Tennessee's at 14 probably you know because yeah. It's just how it'll work out somehow. Hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think we'll see a lot of crazy. I think the the rankings will be coming out, and there'll be a lot of like wows. Like yeah, that's crazy. So it'll be yeah, interesting 100%. to kind of see how it looks. But. And for me, it's like I want to see you know twenty to twenty five. Like who's gonna get in? You know, is it Oregon State who has two losses, but their two losses are to USC and Utah. You know, yeah. over a one loss team who has had a weaker schedule. So you know Definitely. that's that's what we're where we will get to see. Where what the point of emphasis is for this committee? You know, do they are they gonna reward teams for having tougher schedules? We'll we'll find that out next week, and I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, should yeah. be good. Should be good. And yeah, I think that's gonna wrap things up for our 17th episode. If you guys are still here, we appreciate you guys listening. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Drop a follow. You get notified when we uh, come out with new episodes. But yeah, we'll see you guys on Sunday with a recap for week nine.